Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Truths and a Lie. I'm your host, Uppy Chatterjee, and as you know by now, Two Truths and a Lie is a concept where I ask musicians to tell me three true stories about their life, with the lie being a time the little white lie snowballed out of control, or it's a story about a common misconception about them they want they clear up. But this episode is a super special one. It's the very first time we've had someone who's not exclusively a musician. I'm so excited for this chat. It's someone you've seen on nine seasons of the beloved comedy, The Office. He lurks in the background. He has some of the best one-liners on the show. And he's the only person to keep his real name on the show. It's Mr. Creed Bratton. Creed, thank you so much for being on Two Truths and a Lie. Well, thanks for having me, Abby. I appreciate it. How are you this morning? And, uh, what are you up I'm to? I'm certainly looking forward to coming down uh, down your way and playing my music. And uh, as, as actually, as we speak right now, I'm just finishing up my ninth studio album. So I hope uh, the album will be called Slightly Altered. And I hope by the time I get down there in February, you'll have uh, it'll be out there. I'm, I'm, I'm planning on that. That's so exciting. Will you play some stuff when from I play it? Some, oh, yeah, by the way, I have it already. I, when I go out, uh, I've been, I just came back from... Uh, the UK and Scandinavia, and then I did an East Coast tour for a while. When I go out, I play the songs that I've just written, and I work, I play them live, and I see how they respond, and I tweak them a little bit, and then so when I get back uh, in the studio, then I know what works and what doesn't work. So yeah, I've, I've already been playing these songs, and and when I get down there, they'll be they'll be locked in for you. That's incredible, sure. Creed. Tell me, do you like acting better, or do you like playing music better? I've gee, I. People ask me that all the time. I started playing guitar when I was 13. Um, wow. And, and, uh, and you're 73 started, started now, right? Professionally, I'm 77 when I get when, in February. When I'm, I'll be 77 in February. I started playing professionally at 17. Then in high school, uh, I stuttered. I stuttered pretty bad. And they, they, they uh, and I was also in grammar school, but it got worse. And they pulled me out of school to... to uh, uh, helped me with the stuttering because I, I was thinking. They said I was just thinking way faster than my mouth could move, you know. Right. Uh, and uh, they once I once I cured myself by by actually emulating the stutter. They she, one day she said, "Well, just try to stutter." And once I did that, I thought, "Oh, I got control of the mechanism." Oh. And that was it. But that being said, um, uh, I. Uh, I once they said you should get up in front of people every possible chance you have to speak in front of people, and mm. that led to, of course, trying out for plays. And then I found, oh, you know, I I love this too. Yeah. So that was that was just a few years later after I'd always started, you know, working professionally in guitar. It was just uh, not, just about around about the same time. So I've been doing them both ever since I can remember. I go back and forth. I, I was just saying that you've been doing both for so long. I'm not surprised that you can't pick between them. No, no, no. I, I, I think that, uh, and that's the way that the it's not very much different. What you are doing is you're in front of a camera and you're emoting truth. Mm. Or I'm standing in front of a microphone in the studio, emoting truth. I'm in front of a stage or playing uh, guitar in front of an audience. I'm looking at the audience and I'm giving them the song lyrics or in case of a camera i'm giving them the lines it's it's not that much different you know i just if you if you've got the the chops as they say for, yeah for them which i seem to do and I, and I and i and i enjoy both of them so that's it you know on that 
I read that you were on American Bandstand in the 50s. That's incredible. Oh, sure. We did all kinds of American Bandstands. You know, we played with everybody back then when we were touring in the grassroots. You know, I think one of our records, uh, Live for Today, uh, one of the first records I played on the grassroots with, uh, was with actually played down in Australia. I, I believe I remember seeing a billboard chart and it said it was doing very well in Australia. Oh, wow. You wouldn't know. You're too young. Oh, you're yeah. Too young. Your great-grandma Maybe, yeah. You know? I was like 40 years in the uh, before the womb. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, Creed, um, let's get to our stories now. What's your first truth that you have for me? Okay. Okay. Uh, well, here's where's one story. Uh, I was at the trial for the – I went to see uh, – uh, Toby testify. Yes. At the Spangler trial. And uh, I was sitting in the back. Now I had just come from the, the Halloween party. That's right. And I was covered in blood. <laughs> I was covered in blood. I'm sitting in the back with the bereaved, the victims' families, uh, the press and stuff. I'm sitting there watching the lame Toby do his you know, boring stuff. <laughs> and, uh, and I'm sitting there in covered with blood. He doesn't notice me sitting there. The press doesn't notice me. No one pays any attention to me sitting there. Oh, Uppy, they got the wrong guy. I can tell you that right now. They did. It wasn't him, was it? No. The other story is uh, I'm at the uh, Fillmore, and I had just dropped acid. Uh, And I'd never done acid before. And I came out on the stage to play, and the acid hits. And I hit the first notes of my uh, uh, guitar, and I look around, and all of a sudden, my there, I see this this rainbow color is going between my hands. So I I, I let I let the guitar hang, and I'm kind of like moving my hands back and forth, like I'm I'm God's concertina player. And I look out, and then I hit the notes again, and I look up the speakers, and the notes come out on on staff paper, and I and they fall, they break on the stage and I go over there and these people said I was trying to sweep them up and put them back into the speakers. <laughs> so, uh, and then I dropped my drawers and, uh, just that I, we were, we wore no underwear back in those days and I waved to the crowd. I, I'd always heard it was pays to advertise. So that was in the back of my mind, I think. And I walked off stage and started pontificating about the meaning of life. Very, uh, very Monty Python. And uh, that's the second story. Now, Creed, I, I'm going to have to stop you there. I'm very confused as to whether you're speaking as Creed Bratton the character or Creed Bratton the person. Oh, you have no idea how confused I am. I speak <laughs> of myself in the third person all the time. All right, let's go, let's go back to your first story for a second. Um, let's talk okay. about this. Toby, right. Toby went to visit the person who was convicted. I'm telling you the story from the character's point of view. Okay. Oh, anyway, so this is not this is not Creed the person or the actor talking. This is the Creed the character talking. All right, Creed the character. So I, I, can take, I can take I can take liberties with that. Did now, you do it? Are you the, the story, Are you the Scranton Strangler? I have to know. Is there a statute of limitations for murder? No. No. There's not. So I can't tell you. I cannot tell you that, can I? But the character. Is is left on oh, streaming character. services, right? So you're in the clear. You can he didn't s- get arrested for murder, though. He got arrested for uh, 
you know, selling fake IDs and selling drugs and, you know, uh, all kinds of nefarious stuff. But they never mentioned murder. I think, I think he got away with that. He got away with murder. <laughs> real, real talk, Creed. How much of your character on the show and his backstory was planned, or did they did Greg Daniels kind of let you just like ad lib your lines as wild and bizarre as they were, or was there like a no, backstory? I, I know you're getting that you're getting that feeling now because I'm just I'm just riffing here, but no, every every Creed line is scripted. Every- I, we all know that ninety ninety percent of the office was except for for Steve Carell. Yeah. And uh and uh, uh Rain Wilson, you know, they 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 were capable of doing that kind of stuff, you know. I'm an actor. I'm not a he was he was those guys are can do stand up totally stuff like that. I'm not. I'm an actor who played a character and also can get up on stage and play guitar and I write songs. That's, so, that's enough, I think, for me to do <laughs> it is enough. So how come <laughs> they let you keep what, your real name? You, what what do you need from me? That's enough stuff for me to do. <laughs> Um, yeah, so why did they let you keep your name, like your full name and your full original name as well when they, you know, you mentioned uh, William well, Charles they, they Schneider? Let, they let me keep it because because uh, Greg uh, knew that I had, when I gave an audition tape into him, I talked about my you know, being in the grassroots and I told some crazy rock drug stories, you know. So he liked that aspect that I was actually a rock star. And he and he utilized it a couple of times, but they they were just they were so long the scenes like the booze cruise actually played lead guitar, mm. and everyone was bopping around to uh, when Mike when Mike starts playing Smoke on the Water. You have to see the delete scene; it's very funny, but it was way too long. And uh, but it was a great scene, and he, they all loved it. It just took too, too much time, and that was also, of course, uh, we we needed to have all that time for Jim and Pam. Let's mm. shoot to this cut to the money. Let's cut to the money with that that. What he's trying to tell her, how he feels about her. Remember that was that was that's what that show was about. Mm. That was important, you know. What it was always a love story. What was your favorite episode to film? Because I, I, a lot of the cast say dinner party, but I don't think you were in that for, in a lot of that. I know, but that's my favorite. That's the one that makes me laugh. It's <laughs> absolutely brilliant. But I wasn't in it, of course. It is brilliant. That's stuff that I stuff that I was in. Uh, of course, was the uh, Halloween episode mm-hmm. where I got a chance to uh, work with Steve Carell for the very first time. And uh, just we riffed back. And I did. I take it back. I did ad lib quite a bit of stuff at that time because I had that script down, memorized backwards mm. and forwards. I had plenty of time to prepare. When I got there, they said, we've made some changes to the script. And I went, oh, boy. And so, therefore, I got in there and I'm just I'm going for it, you know. I made. I was playing, fighting for my life and my professional uh, survival, and it turned out wonderful. You know, I was so happy. And Steve made it easy because he's so great. It's such a giving actor. Uh, I can't say enough things, nice things about working with that guy. Wow. Absolutely, he seems like a genius. No question about it. Yeah, a comedic genius, without a doubt. Without a doubt. All right, now on to your second story about dropping acid. That did that really happen? That. In real life? Yes, absolutely. It really happened in real life. When was that? It really happened in real life. That had to be 1968 or 69. Oh, well, it was the probably, year for it. Probably thinking. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was absolutely the year for it. That's what was happening. You know, somebody handed, this little girl handed it to Ricky, the drummer, and I at People's Park in San Francisco. We were just smoking some joints, playing some drums, waiting to get picked up to go to the uh, show. We, every time we go to San Francisco, we do it down there and play hand drums with all the locals. 
It was just, you know, just something that was fun. It was fun. I love San Francisco. Amazing. Okay, and so on to your lie now. What is what is a story that um, where a lie got out of control? Something you want to clear up? You said you okay. had something in mind. All right, here's the story. Here's the story. Uh, Ken Quapis hears me talking on the set of um, Bernie Mac, mm-hmm. and he heard me talking the story. And what he heard was that I had uh, that Jimi Hendrix had t- showed me a riff. Right. And, uh, and, and, and then, no, but the thing was that, and I, and I, so later on, he, somebody said to me, didn't show you riff? And I said, yes, of course. I was at, uh, backstage at Devonshire Downs and, uh, Jimmy's, uh, I'm talking to him and I said, what's that thing you do? And he, he said, oh, it goes like this. He flips the guitar and hands it to me. Of course he plays left-handed guitar. Mm. So I couldn't, I couldn't play the guitar that way so i'm trying to figure it out and i said i kind of see what you're doing he said that's a great riff thank you and he laughed and said that's a buddy guy riff and that was the story that i was but i was joking because i even though we played with him at devonshire downs i didn't meet him personally he had heard that i had played with him but he thought that i had i, I knew the guy personally so that story <laughs> everyone said oh he jammed with hendrix no no i did not jam with hendrix i wish i had yeah but he's you know that would have been uh that would have been great to just tell. I mean, I've jammed with a lot of people, you know, Robbie uh, Krieger from uh, The Doors, and uh, just you know, I you know, I get to I now I get to work with all kinds of amazing musicians here in L.A. Where I'm, especially on this new album mm. that I'm recording, uh, which hopefully will be out, as I said before, when I get down there to uh, to Sydney. Who have you worked with on this on this album? Anyone anyone contemporary or kind of some legends? Um, have you? Um, well, the the great uh, Dean Parks, the studio mission part of the Wrecking Crew, the great Dean Parks. He played saxes uh, on my, some of the songs. Um, I worked with the band called Jack Shit, with some amazing musicians, and our band called uh, Mojo Monkeys. Again, great musicians. And then I also met the uh, I went to the premiere and, and hung out with the the band that Jacob Dylan used uh, for. Uh, oh, somebody's calling me right now. I think I've got to do this other show. Okay, I no problem. Well, thank All you right. so much, Creed, thank for you. for thank this. Thank you so much. Bye. Okay, yeah, see you soon. You come to the show. Bye. Yeah, Bye. see you soon. So Creed had to go, <laughs> obviously, as you heard. Um, I don't know how much of that was actually Creed Bratton the person or Creed Bratton the character from The Office, but that was that was amazing. Um, you can catch Creed um, at an evening of music and comedy in February, coming to Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane, Canberra and Perth. Um, and yeah, hopefully we get some more rad stories from The Office at the show as well as some of that new album he was speaking about. Anyway, catch you next time. Bye.